where do we get the history of the Jewish people, right? Old Testament, right? Okay, let's all nod. So it's in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament, when it comes to Judaism, uh, it is the only scriptures that are recognized in the Bible by uh, people of this faith. Okay, it's it's the Old Testament, Old Testament uh, only, and in and the uh, one with particular importance is the Torah. Now. What is the Torah? Uh, the Torah is the law contained in the first five books of the Old Testament, okay? First five books of the Old Testament are what? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, okay? So those first five books are considered the Torah, and, and those, are, those are the law. I mean, those are the critical pieces, uh, the foundational pieces for this uh, religion, but uh, they, they, the, the, um, the Old Testament prophets are also an important piece because for them, the Old Testament prophets brought in, um, you know, why you do the law. It wasn't just the letter of the law, but, but what the prophets brought in was the importance uh, of, of love, of, of justice, um, of, of the importance of, of doing things outside of just ritualism, right? In, in fact, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with our God. Okay, so, so the prophets helped to fill in the gaps from what some felt was just the coldness of the law there. Um, but ever since the destruction of the, the temple in Jerusalem was just absolutely flattened by the Romans in 70 AD, ever since then, uh, the Jews have scattered throughout the known world, uh, almost into every nation in the world, and they've established these communities and they've built synagogues to help keep their faith alive, okay? So they'll go somewhere, and then they'll start these local uh, synagogues. Um, now, Judaism, when we talk about the religion of Judaism, it, uh, it, it exists in four different forms, okay? Um, the first is orthodox, the second is conservative, the third is reform, and then the last is messianic, okay? Um, now, I'll just walk through these. Like I said, um, the goal is not to just like blow you away with all your understanding, but to give you the foundations, all right? And then to share the differences, okay? Um, and so and Orthodox, Orthodox Jews, they try to follow the letter of the law, okay? The letter of the law, right? So they're the most like, um, what it says, I do exactly that, and you need to do that, right? So they carefully study uh, the Torah, uh, and, and, and the Torah's meaning, the, the teaching, and the direction is that body of doctrine um, that, that has come through their community that they hold and cling to uh, tightly. Okay, um, Orthodox Jews not only strive to obey the Hebrew Bible, uh, which we call the Old Testament, Christians would call it the Old Testament, but they also observe other teachings of famous rabbis that have been added through the centuries. Okay, um, and some of these teachings were written down around 200 A.D. in a book called the Mishnah, which consists mainly of instruction for living uh, daily, and and it was also known as the way or or, or the way to walk. Um, and then later, around 500 A.D., another book of Jewish learning was compiled, and that was called the Talmud. Okay, you've probably heard of that. 
and it's based off of the Mishnah, uh, but it has a lot more uh, that's added to it, a lot more material, and there's a lot more stories that have been inserted, these famous stories that are in that as well. Uh, but when you look at the overall uh, faith, uh, these three books, the Torah, the Mishnah, and the Talmud, they rule every facet of an Orthodox Jew's life, okay? Um, so that's important. Uh, so if you, so if you, you know, come into contact with an Orthodox Jew, and guys, Judaism is huge on this campus, huge. Um, when, when I started... Uh, getting on the campus and meeting people, I was shocked by how big Judaism was on this campus. Like, I was shocked. I was like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's huge. Um, it had one of the highest percentages, if not the highest percentage uh, at the time, like in the country. It was insane. Um, and, and I would meet some of the losers. Some of the leaders. <laughs> wow. Um, edit that. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Get your phone up. Did you hear that? Okay. Uh, some of the leaders, the leaders of that, and, and, and we would have lots of great conversations, okay? And I was surprised by how many people uh, come from this background, and what this helps you do is understand where they're at, right? So the next is the conservative Jews. Now, they, now it's interesting because when you think of conservative Jews, you would go, oh, they're the ones that are the, they're the letter of the law ones, but that's not actually the case. Uh, they're actually more lenient on the interpretation of the, the Torah, but they do believe that the law is important. So conservatives, they want to keep alive the Hebrew language and the, and the traditions of Judaism, but they are less letter of the law, okay? Um, they're, they're, you know, there's, there's a lot more looseness in that. Okay, the next is the Reformed Jews. Now, Reformed Jews, they have moved completely away from orthodoxy, and they teach that the principles of Judaism are more important than the practices, okay? So in other words, how we would consider it is uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, law and that, and, and when you guys read scripture and you ask me questions about the law, I'll say, you need to be able to distinguish, uh, is it the letter of the law or the intent of the law, okay? And, and so, um, when it comes to Judaism and, and Reformed Jews, they would say what only is important is the intent, okay? It, there's healthy traditions that have come out of this. But practice, you know, when it comes to that, no big deal, right? As long as you appreciate where everything uh, has come from. And so uh, most Reformed Jews do not observe the dietary laws or other laws, such as what a Jew should or should not do uh, on the Sabbath. Now, uh, when it comes to Christians interacting with uh, people from the Jewish uh, faith, with Judaism, um, there's actually a, a great deal that, that you can share that, that's common ground, right? I mean, to begin with, we share the Old Testament and its teachings, right? Like we have an Old and New Testament in the Bible. So there's a lot there uh, to talk about. We share a belief in, in a God of holiness, justice, pure, purity, righteousness, God uh, of unity, uh, because both faiths would claim Deuteronomy 6. In Deuteronomy 6, Four through five, right? That, that's part of those five, right? It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, right? So we would look at each other in the eyes, and, and pizza guys here, and we would, um, and we, and we would both 
we, yeah, he's laughing. <laughs> we would both, we both go, yeah, right? Like we wouldn't go, oh, but no, no, we both go, yeah, totally. Um, and, and, and so the moral and ethical teachings of the Bible are part of the Jewish and the Christian heritage. When we look at the Old uh, Testament, both accept the law given by the living God who created the world and is alive and Lord of creation even uh, today. Now, many Jews will accept Jesus as a prophet. Uh, they'll, they'll say, man, he did some good things. Uh, we like some of his teachings. But this typically is as far as they will go. And that's where the great divide is. Okay, I kicked off the series with like, man, this is going to boil down to who do you say Jesus is? So who was Jesus, right? I mean, ever since Jesus walked the earth, that's been the issue when it comes to Judaism and Christianity. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah, the Son of God. The New Testament contains many other references to Jesus as the Messiah. And we're going to look at some of those at the very end here. And we see these Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus, especially Isaiah 53. But remember, uh, if you're familiar at all with the disappointment that was around Jesus was what? In their minds, in the Jewish faith, Jesus was to be their savior from Rome. He was to be a political savior. Okay, so Jesus good teachings, all these things. But at the end of the day, he was kind of a fraud, right? There's no way he could claim to be divine if he lost. And, and from their perspective, from their mindset, he did not come through, right? He did not save them from Rome. So it was a political Messiah that they were looking for. And so we have to ask, is Jesus a Messiah or is he an imposter? Um, and, and what's really interesting uh, is this messianic uh, Judaism has, has become this movement, and it's grown a ton. And these are people that are practicing uh, Jews who believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And so, and that's a really important term. Like if someone says, well, I'm a Messianic Jew, man, that's an awesome conversation that you get to have about, man, how did you get to the point where you believe that Jesus is the Messiah now? That's so awesome, right? And so uh, as a Christian, the, that helps us understand how to interact and then how to know where they're at and where they're coming from. And like I said, if you go to U of O, you're going to interact with, 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 with people that are in this religion uh, coming from their background. background, background. Now, what are the major differences between Judaism and Christians? Uh, well, Jews believe that the Lord God is one. We read that. But Christians believe that there is one essence of the Godhead, right? The Godhead, which is what? The Trinity, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, right? Three in one. So we claim the Godhead, Trinity, when we talk about God, okay? Um, co-equally, co-eternally. Now, some Jews may accept Jesus as a good teacher or even a prophet, but they reject him as a Messiah because, once again, he claimed to be divine and he failed to deliver Israel from oppression. And yet Christians respond that Jesus is God as well as man, and he died in order to redeem mankind from sin. So by his death, he brought victory, right? So, so 
Huge difference there in how we view uh, Jesus. Uh, people in Judaism would believe that anyone, Jew or Gentile, may gain salvation through commitment to the one true God, through moral living. Okay, So by their ability to keep the law, by their ability to measure up, right? And Christians counter that one is saved through faith in the atoning death of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? And you've heard uh, these verses before, but Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not, and I love this passage, and this is not of your own doing. How do you argue with that, right? This is not of your doing. It says it is a gift of God, okay? It's a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Guys, I go to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, probably, that's probably the number one verse I go to when I talk to people from different religions. Is I, and I ask them, I go, man, how do you reconcile that? Like, what do you do with that? And I, and I, don't, I don't like say, what do you do with that? I, I genuinely ask them, I go, man, I've wrestled with this. So what do, what do you guys, man, what do you do? Like, what's your response to that? You know, and, and, and Romans 3, 24, and our just, it says, and are justified by his grace as a, as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So, so, the, so we're approaching this whole salvation, eternal security thing from a different place. And that's important to know. Okay? Uh, so there's incredible weight with that. Man, as a Jesus follower, the weight's been lifted. Okay? Uh, let, let's go into Islam, all right? Um, oh, my goodness. Islam. Okay. So uh, the word Islam, it means, uh, the word means submission. Okay? Now, what is it? Submission. Submission to what? It's submission to Allah, the God of Muhammad, who's the man who founded the religion. Okay? Um, a believer in Muhammad's religion is called a Muslim, all right? Uh, which uh, means one who lives his life according to God's will. Okay? Um, Muhammad was born in Arabia in the city of Mecca in A.D. 570, and then at the age of 40, and I'm not going to go into all his history because there's a ton of history there. Uh, I mean, honestly, you could, you could find that in a lot of places, but at the age of 40, he received his first revelation, and he was out in a cave on a mountain. Uh, he was contemplating life. He was near the city of Mecca, and he got his first revelation, and according to Muhammad, the archangel Gabriel came to him during a dream and brought the following command of God, and I'll quote, read in the name of thy Lord who created, who created man of blood coagulated. Read, thy Lord is the most beneficent and who taught by the pen, taught that what they knew not unto men. Okay, that's what he heard. So from this command to read comes the name for the holy book of Islam, the Quran, meaning the reciting or the reading. Okay. Um, now, because Muhammad couldn't read or write, uh, the Quran's his reciting of revelations that were given to him. So he's uh, recited these things, and 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 it's really interesting, actually, when you study it. After receiving his first revelation, he was so deeply disturbed by whatever happened in that cave. I don't know what was going on in the cave, but um, something disturbed him even to the point where he came back and he was telling his family there it was demonic possession. Isn't that crazy? Like he was literally attributing it to demons what happened. 
And, and his family members, in particular his wife, Mary Well, was saying, no, that's truth. Like, you need to preach that. Like, this is truth. And so family started pushing him to start teaching and preaching. And that's when he took these revelations and he started preaching and teaching out into the streets. He generated a following. He, he gained momentum, gained steam. In fact, they tried to kill him. Uh, they tried to kill the movement. Ultimately, uh, he led a group that was victorious and he unified these tribes and then created a massive army that was going to overtake the world through the power of Allah. Okay, and after he died, the momentum continued, right? I mean, there, there, this religion has grown exponentially all across uh, the known world, okay? Um, he never claimed to be divine, but he insisted that Allah had called him to be a prophet, okay? Um, and over time, he strengthened his position as the leading prophet and the ruler of what was known as Arabia, um, and, and, and so let, let's talk about what are the teachings of Islam, okay? Uh, so uh, according to Islam, uh, the Quran is the sacred scripture of Islam, okay? It includes 114 surahs or what we would know as chapters. Um, and, and while all of the ideas are credited to God or Allah, uh, Muhammad uh, dictated parts of the Quran while the rest came from the writings of disciples of his who remembered his teachings after he died. Okay, so, so in other words, remember, he, he, was, he, couldn't, he couldn't write, couldn't read. And, and, and so these are things that he's saying that, or, or that he said right, uh, that, that his disciples heard after his uh, death. Now, what's interesting when you read the Quran, uh, much of it, it, it jumps around from time and place, and so it really lacks this narrative unity when you read the Quran. But Muslims will claim that nonetheless that it's copied from an original in Arabic, which is actually in heaven now. Okay. Uh, in addition to the Quran, uh, Muhammad developed important teachings and sayings called sunnah, which are literally path. Uh, the Sunnah became a base for traditions that were built on Muhammad's conduct as a prophet. So how he handled things uh, while he was the guide, the judge, and the ruler of the Muslim followers. Um, one of, you know, a way that we could kind of maybe connect it a little bit is like when we look at the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It, it helps us to know how Jesus dealt with people, right? So we can actually read that. And, and you know, because the Bible doesn't talk about everything, does it? Like how many times have you like, oh no, I've got this problem. It's not specifically in the Bible. What do I do? What do you do in that moment, right? You go, okay, life of Christ, <laughs> right? Life of Christ. How do, okay, what did Jesus do here, right? Because uh, we try to align our lives after him. So uh, when you think of these additional writings, these are helping people later on to understand how Muhammad would deal with these things as he walked and lived and as he uh, led. Okay, so uh, the Sunnah, they, they were gathered into one body of work called the Hadith, which supplements the Quran in the same way that Talmud supplements the Hebrew Bible in Judaism. Okay, um, another important body of teachings in Islam is the Sharia, and that is a combination of legal interpretations of the Quran and the Sunnah. Now, Sharia, it means law, and what that does is it lays down this strict guide of life and conduct that Muslims must follow. Okay, so it's, it's their law, 
right? Uh, and, and it includes all kinds of, I mean, honestly, some pretty gnarly things, right? From eating pork to drinking alcoholic beverages, uh, punishments for specific punishments for stealing, for adultery, for apostasy, which apostasy for them would be anything that denies Islam, uh, blasphemy, which would be anything in their minds that was derogatory towards um, Islam or Muhammad. Um, and then within uh, this, there's six doctrines of Islam, okay? Uh, it's these that every Muslim who calls himself a Muslim is required to believe. They don't have a choice. You believe this if you're going to say you're Muslim, okay? Um, one, when it comes to God, there's only one true God, and his name is Allah, okay? The next is angels. The chief angel is Gabriel, who's said to have appeared to Muhammad, and then there's also, and this is so interesting, when you study the Quran and how it began, he was actually influenced a ton by Scripture and the Bible. And so you'll, you'll see things, you go, oh my goodness, well, that's, that's, that's from the Bible. And so you'll see mixed in things. And, and part of it is there's a fallen angel, oh, I've heard that before, named Shaitan, okay? And that comes from the Hebrew word Satan. And his followers, the jinns, which are demons, Okay? Uh, when it comes to scripture, Muslims, Muslims believe in four God-inspired books, the Torah, isn't that interesting, uh, which Christians call the Pentateuch, uh, the Zabur, which is the Psalms of David, the Angel, which is uh, the Gospels of Jesus. Okay? Now, don't, it's not like exactly Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so don't go, oh my goodness. Um, and, and, and then the Quran, okay? Um, because Muslims believe that Jews and Christians corrupted their scriptures, the Quran is Allah's final word to mankind. So it supersedes and overrules all of the previous writings. Okay? Um, and then when it comes to prophets, Muhammad uh, is clearly the main prophet, but uh, it's interesting in the Quran, it lists 28 prophets of Allah, and, and here's who some of them are, okay? This is going to shock probably some of you. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, Jonah, and Jesus. Okay, but to a Muslim, the last and the greatest prophet is Muhammad. Okay, uh, when it comes to the end times, on the last day, the dead will be resurrected. Allah will be the judge, and each person will be sent to heaven or hell. Now, their view of heaven is a place of sensual pleasure. I'm not even going to tell you what that includes, okay? Because it gets crazy. But hell, uh, it's like Songs of Solomon on steroids. Hell is, <laughs> hell is, for, hell is for those who oppose Allah and his prophet Muhammad, okay? They also believe in predestination, okay? So predestination, uh, God has determined what he pleases and no one can change what he has decreed, okay? Um, okay, so this is also known as the doctrine of fate, right? God has already decided it, that's what it is, okay? Um, and then within these doctrines, we have the five pillars of faith, which many of you have probably heard if you've studied world religions, right? So uh, the five pillars of faith, um, and, and these are the five duties that are required of you to be performed, okay? Uh, first is the statement of belief, okay? So to become a Muslim, a person must publicly, publicly repeat the Shana. There is no God, but Allah and Muhammad is the prophet of Allah, okay? The next thing is prayer. Uh, Muslims pray five times a day at daybreak, noon, uh, mid-afternoon, after sunset, and early evening, okay? And, and when they pray, there is a posture that is expected. They will kneel and they will bow in a certain manner in the direction of the holy city uh, of Mecca, 
Okay, I've, I've seen this. Uh, I've been to multiple Muslim countries and I've played soccer with them and everybody stopped playing soccer and they, and they went into prayer. And I was like, well, now I'm singled out. This is not good. Um, <laughs> so I was like, bathroom, bathroom, right? Because um, like, I was like, ah, because I was trying to reach them, you know, and, and, and all of that. And it was like, wow, you want to stand out? Well, there you go. Just stay standing. Um, but, but anyway, so, so I've seen that. And, and everything stops. I mean, everything in a Muslim, it all stops uh, during these times of uh, prayer, okay? Uh, when it comes to alms, uh, Muslim law today requires the believer to give one fortieth of their profit. Uh, and then when it comes to Ramadan, that's the nine month. It's the ninth month of the year of the Islamic lunar year, and it's called it's called Ramadan, and it is the highest of Muslim holy seasons. And Muslims are required to fast for the entire month, okay? And then also uh, there is a pilgrimage to Mecca. Now this is called the Hajj. And it must be performed at least once in a Muslim's lifetime. Although if there's uh, extreme circumstances where they can't, they can actually send someone in their place to go. Okay? Um, and so those are the five pillars of the faith. Okay? Once again, there's a lot more. We don't have time. Um, but uh, I think one thing that's really important to know is the Bible has had a huge influence on the teachings of Islam. Okay? So you need to know that. Uh, for instance, the Muslim proudly traces uh, his or her ancestry to Ishmael, who was the son of Abraham. Okay, um, and, and and following uh, following our, our, our that that we'll look at here are some of the ideas that that will contradict what we see though in the Bible. And for one, um, Muslims will teach that uh, Allah is transcendent and relatively impersonal. Okay, so, so he's, he's, he's an impersonal God, and, and, it's, and there is no uh, triune God. It is just Allah, okay? So there is no trinity within that. That's a, that's a difference, okay? Uh, the Quran denies that Jesus is the Son of God, although what's really interesting is it describes the virgin birth, okay? Um, it, it's a very similar passage to Luke chapter 1. Um, and, and so the Quran, it calls Jesus a prophet, um, equal to Abraham and Jonah, but below Muhammad. Um, and what's also interesting is the Quran says that Jesus never really died on the cross. Okay, so what they believe is that Allah came and got Jesus and took him to heaven before he went to the cross. And most Muslims believe that Judas is the one who went to the cross. Okay, so, uh, so they, they don't believe that Jesus went to the cross. Allah came and got him right uh, before um, which is a huge difference between what we believe, right? Um, and then in the Surah, uh, you know, in the Quran, in chapter 4, verses uh, 111, it declares that each person must take care of his or her own sins. That's a big one, right? So as a Muslim, the expectation is that you are going to earn salvation from sin by following the five pillars of the faith. Okay, so just like Judaism, the religion of Islam places on each person the burden of responsibility, a weight, right? And depending on where you're at culturally, oh my goodness, can that weight be different, okay? Um, but here is what's so cool about when I just, when I look at how these religions interact and, and I look at what Jesus said, you guys, and it, it's all gonna come down to who you say Jesus is. Jesus promised 
to lift our burdens. Promise to lift them. In fact, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, this is what he says. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. He says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says this, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, he says, is easy and my burden is light. You guys, that is so different isn't it? It's, it's foreign when you really explore religions. And I go, man, I, 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 I look at that and I go, man, Jesus, that is incredible. Like, that is amazing that, that he invites us to that. And, and, uh, and, and, and he says, no, 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 I, I actually lift the burden. I lift the burden from you. And, and so once again, what will we do with Jesus? And, and, and I just want to remind us by just unleashing a thousand verses on you in one second of what Jesus says about himself. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the, was, the word was with God and the word was God. John 10, 30, I and the father are one. John 20, 28, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God, okay? If Jesus is not that, that dude is a dead man. He corrects him. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Colossians 2.9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. John 10, 30 through 33, I and the Father, he says, are one. And the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, have I shown you many good works from the Father? For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, it is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. And then John 8, 24, I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Jesus claims to be the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Guys, that is the definer. That's the difference. And ultimately, is, it is what am I gonna do with Jesus? Okay, and when I study some of these religions. And when I look back at how the Jews interacted with Jesus when he walked, I go, you didn't want to believe that he was Jesus. A lot of you, you didn't want to believe it. Guys, what, what are you not wanting to believe right now? Right? Like, like are you really open? Or there's certain things you're just like, I'm not going to believe. And so I want to challenge you with that. What are maybe some hangups you have? And let's just go to the Lord with that, Okay.